Welcome to this episode of TechLink in Conversation. I'm Eddie Grant, a director at Technical Connection. During our conversations, we seek to review the topical bulletins published on TechLink, our knowledge management tool for all things tax, trusts, pensions, and much, much more. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by my fellow Technical Connection directors, Claire Trott and Tony Wickenden, who together will review today's spring statement. Hello, Claire. Hello, Tony. Thank you for joining us today. Firstly, Claire, how are you? Uh, hi, Eddie. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, slightly quieter day than uh, feared, thankfully. Brilliant. And Tony, how are you today? Yeah, pretty much the same as Claire. I've enjoyed, and I've also enjoyed looking at the sunshine out of the window with a small break. But yeah, yeah, grateful that there wasn't that much more for us to do today than we would have liked. Brilliant. And um, so today's uh, spring statement. Um, obviously, the Chancellor wants to, us all to think it was uh, an exciting uh, event. Uh, Tony, do you want to sort of give us a, a little bit of an overview from your perspective? Yeah, I'll, I'll do that, certainly, Eddie. Thanks. I mean, I think we all knew the background to it, which was largely one of lower growth, which was unfortunate, predicted, but expected. Uh, higher inflation, significantly higher inflation. And I say all this completely as a non-economist. Uh, a resulting kind of interest rate increase. And all that sort of led to that maelstrom that made it very difficult, I think, for the Chancellor to do very much. On the one hand, it was really encouraging that you think, I've got £30 billion more because of that undershoot on the public sector net borrowing requirement, £30 billion. But against that, there's a significant increase in the cost of funding sort of government debt because of the interest rate rise. So it was, you know, it was really a bit all over the place and left him with the need to absolutely do something, the political pressure and the humans sort or of pressure was absolutely there. And, and the narrative running through all, the whole announcement, I thought, and I think we discussed this earlier, Eddie, that uh, was really strong that we have to have a responsible approach to our economic policy and our fiscal policy if we want to be the kind of country that we are that can lend support both to our own population and around the world, obviously Ukraine. So I think that was the, the sort of, foundation to everything and then that led us on to to the announcements which is we've discussed some of which are deferred some of which are, are sort of general and apply to everyone of course but to our world effectively we i think our, all of our collective ears pricked up when we heard and here's my tax plan which seemed to come in three parts basically with dealing with the cost of living and then capital people and ideas that investment part and then sharing growth that deferred income tax bit which i know we'll get into in a bit more detail now so hopefully that is that what you were looking for in terms of background? Not too much, I hope. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. And um, unless it's after six o'clock, I've gone and filled my car up with petrol, having saved five p per litre, um, and and I've already booked my uh, solar panels and heat pumps because he's he's cut the uh, the VAT rate. So um, you know, so obviously there's some headlines there. But but Claire, from a from a pensions perspective, what what did he say? Uh, on actual pensions itself, very, very little. Um, we thought there might be some stuff on maybe the triple lock, maybe uprating some of the previous um, state pension or lack of state pension increases because we only had the double lock last year. That's just coming into force in April, but there wasn't anything. I mean, there was less than 10 mentions actually in the document on pensions. Um, but there's always a knock-on effect because pensions are sort of impacted by lots of other forces um, and uh, the, the the big one for us is the promised, and we say promised because we've got a couple of years to go, um, of the reduction of the basic rate 
of income tax from 20% to 19%. Um, that doesn't sound like a lot, obviously. But again, when you're putting money into a pension, uh, you're getting your basic rate relief. So people putting money into a relief at source scheme are only going to get 19% going in from 2024. It's not going to impact the high earners particularly because what's going to happen for them is they're going to be reclaiming more through their tax returns than they would be if they were if um, it was a 20%. So 20%, you've got the residual you're claiming through your tax return if you're a 40 or a 45% taxpayer. So this got us thinking, well, does that mean that you want more in your pocket or more in your pension? So it might be invest now or it might be invest later. But do bear in mind, we've got carry for, we've got annual allowances to deal with which um, really determines how much and when you can actually make these contributions. You don't want to lose an allowance because you're waiting for a change in the tax rates. So it still stacks up that you really want to make contributions when you're making them. However, the basic rate payers are going to start to lose out because they were getting 20% tax relief into their pension. They're only going to get in 19 we do bear in mind that in order to get tax relief, you have to be paying tax to a certain extent. You, you actually get a little bit more in pensions if, you, if you're not actually an earner. But um, it, it may drive people to make contributions sooner to get their 20 percent than they might defer it and get 19 percent in the future. That said, again, we've got other things to deal with, such as carry forward, such as the annual allowance. So if you're a basic rate payer, unless you're going to put all your salary in, you're not really going to be able to take advantage of things like carry forward to actually maximise the 20% tax relief over the 19. But it just goes back to good principles, make contributions when you can, and obviously with pensions as much as you possibly can. So that was the big thing on the, the income tax side of things. It just drives how and when people are going to get that tax relief. I should mention net pay schemes uh, where the money's going in straight from your salary it's it, it again it, you will only going to get the the marginal rate relief that you're getting but there's no need to do any reclaims so um the the choice of do i get it in my pocket do i get it in my pension doesn't apply to those types of schemes they're, they're set up differently and just thinking aloud claire um so grandparents who want to put money in for um the, the grandchildren into pensions do, do, does that income tax change make any difference yeah, again, very good point. Hadn't some, something I hadn't really thought of. I mean, they, they will be putting it in now. And if, if they're doing it, they can get that 20%. Kids aren't paying any tax, but they are entitled to um, 3,600 gross. Uh, as far as we read, that figure isn't changing. That figure has been the same, whatever the tax rate's been. So um, what they'll be doing is having to put in more to get that same amount of maximum uh, pension saving for those kids. So yeah, good idea. Fund them this year, fund them next year. Um, and, and then 2024, yes, still fund them because it's still really good value to actually get money in. But don't think I'll defer it for a couple of years. You might as well get that extra money in. And again, get that compound growth, get invested um, uh, as soon as you can. And, and Tony, in addition to those income tax uh, changes Claire's talked about, there was a lot of noise around national insurance. Do you want to pick up on, on both of those two two bits? Yeah, there is a bit, a tiny bit more in income tax because clearly pensions, the only thing really we've got left that sort of anchors itself to the income tax rate on relief. And Claire's been eloquently talking about that and the decisions you have to make around that. And the other bit is that comes out of that, which we discussed earlier today, I think, Eddie, is if you've got control over your income or the time at which your income tax liability arises, that's something to give some thought to. And we're not kidding ourselves, it is only 1% and 20 and 19, let's not agonise too much. But at the same time, if you could defer, if, you, if you're really concerned about 
maximizing tax saving, and you could defer taking income, probably more when the time comes rather than deferring income from now until 2024, 25. So if you can defer income to a time when it's 19% at the basic rate, then that's a good thing. Or if you were saying cashing um, an international investment bond, where you know the basic rate is sort of relevant, as it were, then getting a 19% tax rate on the time you encash it, that's something worth thinking about. Whereas, you know, with a, an onshore bond, then you're getting a basic rate credit. That's something else we, we could mention. Um, and then the, the other thing, yes, getting relief at the top end, Claire's already talked about. So really that having control over your income, paying yourself a dividend or a salary, etc. Dividends I'll pick up in a minute, but paying yourself a salary, then paying it, maybe deferring it legitimately, because HMRC might be a little concerned about that. You know, you deferring your salary to a time when there's a lower tax rate. That's something that people will definitely consider around the time for basic rate taxpayers to the extent of the basic rate. And that point I mentioned in relation to bonds still on income taxes, that point that remember the corporate tax rate on policyholder funds, profits made on them, other than dividends, which I'll remind you in an onshore bond and an offshore bond are completely tax free on dividends. So we're talking about other than dividend income and capital gains, which have their own weird way of calculating exactly how you get the tax on the capital gain, but the tax rate effectively that we're going to apply is the rate of basic rate. It's not the corporate tax rate. And we had a number of questions on this and oh, when the corporate tax rate goes up to 25% for profits over 250,000 in 2023, and that marginal rate for profits between 50 and 250,000, does that mean that the life company rate paid by the life company on behalf of policyholders inside the onshore bond also increases 25. Answer no, because it's linked legislatively to the basic rate of tax. Does that then mean when the basic rate goes down to 19%, the internal life company rate goes down to 19%? Without further legislation, yes, it does. Um, and the tax credit that the investor in the onshore bond will get will be basic rate tax credit, 19%. So. That is something that will follow on from that unless the government decide to decouple the policyholder tax rate from the basic rate of tax. So that's something else to bear in mind. And the other bit I only thought of before we dialed into here is I mentioned dividend tax. So when you're taking money out by dividend or salary, which would lead us to the national insurance point, um, remember that dividend tax rate for basic rate taxpayers is 7.5% right now. Then it will go up to 8. 75%, eight and three quarter percent. And there's no indication, and I, I can't imagine there would be, that there would be a some kind of reduction in the dividend tax rate when the time comes to reduce the basic rate of tax. I really don't see that happening at all um, in the current environment. So I think dividends will be the same. So the dividend salary calculation beyond the dividend allowance and beyond the beyond the national insurance threshold where we're saying, you should take salary out at least up to the 12,750 amount, 12,570 amount, then will remain as it is, I think, really, beyond 2024, 20, 25, when this change comes in. So you asked, actually, you asked about national insurance, didn't you? And Claire was just... Yeah, national insurance, the only point I wanted to make on that was that point that, you know, when we do we get the change, there's no change to that national insurance increase, which will then eventually be called as you just reminded me, the health and social care levy. Um, but there's, there's been no change. There's a lot of hope, wasn't there, that that would go, that big increase, and, and it hasn't. He's sticking with that. But the threshold has increased by almost 3,000. 
to bring it up to the same level. At last, they've got that equivalence. We've avoided that complication where the national insurance threshold and the basic rate, oh, sorry, yeah, the basic rate threshold beyond which you pay tax, the personal allowance, are equivalent at 12,570. And I think the point I would make there is the dividend salary bit, at least take the 12,570 as a salary to qualify you for benefits, which I think Claire can talk better about than I can. And yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, I think it's it's worth noting that they don't they haven't changed the rates at which employers pay national insurance. Exactly. So that's a different level. So that may determine how much income that you're yeah. you're drawing out. So um, if you if you're taking somewhere between the eight thousand or so that um, employers start paying national insurance on salary and the twelve thousand five seventy, then you're benefiting from one saving. If you keep it below the eight thousand, then you might benefit from both savings. So, um, right. if you're paying yourself, so there's a there's again this balancing act, and I think it goes back to this uh, advice on doing all of these and taking the income from all the right places at the right time is really important because there are so many moving parts and so many different knock on effects of what you're doing to to get to those figures because that twelve thousand is also obviously the net amount that you're paid after your employer's paid your national insurance. Um, uh, so it, it, it's it's getting that right balance. But what Tony's point was that you know you need to make sure that you're paying yourself enough salary to get the credits for national insurance, so that you're going to get your state pension at the end of the day, which we hope will get a triple lock in the future forever and ever more. Um, but we will wait and see on that one. And then there are um, this the health and social care levy, which comes in. Um, not this year, but the the, the following year, um, that that there's a point, isn't there, around people who, because of their age, were not paying national insurance, are now going to pick that up, isn't there, Claire? Is that do you it want is, to remind us indeed. on that? Yeah, it is indeed. So so as you said, next year it's just an increase to national insurance. Uh, national insurance isn't paid by people over state pension age, so then they're not going to be paying it next year. But come twenty. 23 get the right year um that it's um it's segregated out and it becomes national insurance at the rate that we've known and loved it for forever for a long time and the health and social care levy at the one and a quarter percent as a standalone will be chargeable to income so not on pensions pensions aren't subject to that but will be chargeable for working people over state pension age so those people have not been paying any kind of national insurance and i know it will be a separate tax in all essence by that point it won't be national insurance so um people will be mindful uh, of that for those people working so we just need to make it very clear it's it's not all income that pensioners receive um it, so it won't be chargeable on state benefits which are taxable but they're not subject to to that but working um income um, will be subject to that it was quite interesting when the Chancellor was waving that tax plan uh, in front of us. Um, uh, when I when I opened it up, and you you may have noticed it as well, it listed all of the the positives in terms of tax, but he he, he omitted to mention all the money he's been he's been raising, which uh, which uh, was quite interesting on a timeline. Um, one of the things he talked about was um, Tony was high growth, um, and and I noticed. Um, you know, he talked about the apprenticeship levy and, and uh, um, you know, reviewing that to make sure that training was focused. But he also talked about um, research and development and other and other things for, for SMEs. Do you, do, do you want to pick up on some of that? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, he did. And that was a, a big part of the thing to get private sector investment going better. So there's a big focus uh, in his speech on 
encouraging capital investment. We know we've got the super deduction um, with us now for capital investment, but that will fade. And they say, but they will be consulting to ensure that there is something to replace that uh, when it when it goes in, I think, 2023. Then there's been encouragement for, for R&D, various encouragements, um, and that gets a little complicated to read, but basically we'll encourage people to invest in the right technologies, especially those that are green, um, to give reward for that. And then the training part of focused training to help people develop and help employers develop employees, as well as the employment levy going up by £1,000, effectively to £5,000, which will generate you know further savings in national insurance for employers to encourage them to continue to employ. So definitely a big focus on small business, as you say, against that fact that but the rates of tax will be increasing in 2023, and that's already hardwired in to the legislation, um, which we'll watch out for when the time comes. No indication that's going to change, although we will be closer to an election, and who knows, maybe something. Something I haven't, it may be there, but I haven't picked up because uh, they have their own tax rates, is the extent to which the drop in income tax predicted will have any impact on Scottish income tax rates, you know, which is 19% starter, 20% basic, 21% intermediate, if that will have any impact there. Someone may go, yeah, it's already been covered. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure that will be looked at. Wales tends has tracked along with us so far anyway. The, the, the Chancellor, Claire, I noticed Chancellor talked about 30 million workers who are going to get a, a tax cut from from July, um, and 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 with these national insurance changes, I think they that it was quoted about thirty six thousand before you um, um, before you're worse off basically uh, with, with with the changes, um, but 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 because the thresholds are frozen, um, obviously that's going to be eaten away because we know over the, the coming years all thresholds are frozen. So so from a from a pensions point of view in particular, should I be should I be deferring? I know you picked up on it just before, but should, should I be deferring? What what would your sort of thoughts be on that? Deferring taking income or deferring paying in? I mean, I think there's, there's both sides of this we need to we really need to consider. Um, I think when you're talking about paying in, when we're talking about the fact that the national insurance is is frozen, but in, in especially next year when it's all part of the same thing, we just need to consider how we're paying pension contributions, which is really important. Salary sacrifice is one of the biggest things and a great saving for national insurance. So if you're paying that in next year is sort of the win-win of national insurance savings under salary sacrifice if your employer is one capable of doing it two willing to do it um and you are employed because that's a, a big key for that one with salary sacrifice you need to be have you need to have a salary um so all of those things and, and it's a, again a driver for making those right decisions um i think you know paying pension contributions as soon as you can is is something that you should always consider and trying to pay them under the the most tax efficient way, which would be by salary sacrifice, because you're you're quite often um, getting an uplift from your employer because they're getting their national insurance saving, which they'll pass on in part and some will pass on in whole, um, not necessarily in whole because there is a cost to them actually administering that. And you're going to save your top rate, which next year is going to be 3.25% if you're taking it off the top. And if you're actually just in the, the lower band and paying 12% or, or 13, might we get the right one, 13 25, then um, then you're actually going to get savings on that yourself as well. So uh, really important to actually try and, and fund as soon as possible. So the flip side of taking money out might be something to consider deferring. Tony's mentioned various sort of tax savings, the way things are taxed. And we always look at pensions as an all asset approach. 
to uh, with all your other assets that you've built up and all the different allowances. But if you can defer uh, possibly taking your pension income um, to after 2024, um, and in, in lots of cases, actually deferring it well beyond that, because there's much more tax efficient ways to extract funds um, to spend from um, your portfolio of different types of asset at different wrappers, then all the better. Um, and, and that's actually sort of a, a really good thing to think about. Um, do, when I'm taking income, where should I be taking it from? Should I be taking it from you know, things that are subject to, you know, to, from my dividends or should I be taking it from my pension? The pension at a later date, because it's income tax, is going to have that. Uh, lower rate for for the basic band um so it, it's it's very different when you're looking at pension contributions when you're just looking at the top end when you're looking at taking money out you're looking at the, the full spectrum of all the tax you're paying so most people have at least some of their pension subject to uh, the basic rate at 19 percent. so deferral for those um if you can and if it's right um uh, is is something to really consider and um and, and one of our sort of constant themes is around the value of advice. Um, so we're, we're sort of running up to the end of the tax year and uh, we have a lot of financial planners uh, listening to to this uh, podcast. So um, so in terms of what value that they can uh, offer to their clients with the spring statement today and end of the tax year, Tony, what, what would you say they should be saying uh, after today? I think everything that we've said, and certainly Claire has said, indicates how difficult the choices are and how important they can be. This isn't just sort of angels on a pinhead. I think it's re- it's really important that advisors just engage with their clients. Sorry if that sounds patronising, but especially at this time, effectively, to say, let's do a check that we are just at least considering all of the opportunities you have to save tax. And more importantly, I think, because some people might go, yeah, I see that as an opportunity, but I can't be bothered to do it. You know, it's not worth it. To, I've got other things. And that's fine. But you should be the one to make them aware of it. Because making them aware of it and being the one who knows and cares about the client and goes towards them with that information and offer of help and making them aware of choices is so, so valuable over the long term. sort of relationships are built on, built on, of course. So I think doing that and then saying, and let's make sure that we're in the right position we're in we're making the most of next year so it's, it's it's even more i think about making the most of next year and setting yourself in the right position to maximize your allowances and exemptions and i know it's the same message every year but it is so so valuable and then constantly engaging through the year to fine-tune the plan so i would say engage now update your client even if you think they won't be bothered if it's you who's just saying actually i've looked at this and what this means to you I think with these things that are relevant to you out of today, you'd have read everything to pay, are these. And if you want to talk to me about this, let's do, and let's definitely have that conversation if we haven't had it yet to check. You're all right coming up to the end of the year. More important, you're set fair for the year to come. That's where value is delivered. Done well, done regularly, done constantly. It builds trust and that is what it's all about. And and Claire, obviously with your pensions hat on, but also your sort of holistic planning hat on, as, as Tony said, thinking about getting ready for next year because next year this year is always important but next year feels like it's even more important what would you be what what would you be saying if you were a financial planner um i think it's 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 on the back of what what tony said you need to look at what you've got and what you can utilize and the best way to utilize it pensions you know use your pensions allowances but that will restrict what you can do going forward because you need to have access to to capital we 
you know, to capital, you need to have access to income because we need to feed ourselves. And the, obviously the cost of living is going up, the cost of fuels going up. Um, and uh, obviously it's going to cost you a lot more, Eddie, until you actually get your solar panels put in. So you just need to make sure that you're not squirreling it all away into places that you can't access. Um, so, so utilizing all those different areas as the holistic plan is really, really important because all the different bits will great now because you're saving all the different bits of tax but actually when you come to retirement we get back to that all asset approach of having all the different pots that you can extract money from in the most tax efficient way get the most tax relief going in the most tax efficient way of extracting it and looking at the long term in the middle to make sure you you're understanding when it's best to actually do that um, and as we can see as, as tony said next year is is a real window for for taking advantage of things that have kind of been put in but haven't been fully integrated yet so we know they're changing the tax rates coming up we know that the national insurance is going up but it will be segregated out in the following year so there's lots that can be done and lots of discussions to be had about all those areas um as you say now we're running out of time at the end of this tax year um but you know straight in there next tax year to make sure that you're planning well in advance so you're not sat there at this point next year going really got to sort everything out just get in there and get it done. Yeah, it's the, the Edith PF approach to tax planning, which is no regrets. Um, sorry, um, but I would also sorry. Just coming up to the end of well, coming up to the end of the summer. Let's all not forget the dreaded tax registration service, or maybe not so dreaded, but another opportunity or responsibility to at least communicate around that. Any of your clients with trust that aren't pensions, that aren't pure protection, may need to consider that inaptly named trust registration service because it seems like it's trust registration imposition more more but it, it needs to be dealt with uh, and and the, the advisor could walk towards that and have a really key role to play i think um there's a lot of support around and we'll do all we can to support through the stuff that you'll see on TechLink. brilliant and uh, some great reminders there one one on the trust registration service two on 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 making sure people do take a look at TechLink and and make sure they keep up to date because we, we just keep on nudging them with great planning ideas to speak to their to their clients. Now, I'm hoping, Claire, that uh, with my heat pumps, my uh, solar panels, my turbine and my electric car, I'll be selling you some electricity uh, uh, in, in the coming years. So uh, hopefully together we can bring down your costs as well. Um, I just want to thank you both for, for your time and, and sharing your insights as always. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, great to catch up. Thank you. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, everyone. The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. Accordingly, neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers, employees or contractors can take responsibility for any loss occasioned because of such action or inaction.